can see here, it's hungtgirl.com. All you have to do is click to enable the Adobe players. You have until Jan uh, December to do that and allow them to start and it will automatically start playing for you. The videos will. Um, they're adult, so I cut it off right there. Um, and yeah, you can only check that out if you're an adult. Um, you can check out me and my friends, um, get a subscription, make a donation, or just enjoy the free stuff. All of the above are very much appreciated. I thank you for that. Um, you can also check out the Naked Truth links there and the Living Water Chapel pages there and get an idea of what we do here if the what's on the screen now doesn't give you an idea. And that is explore the spiritual side of me and I believe there's one in all of us whether we embrace it or deny it. I think it's still there much like your sexuality. It's still there no matter how you self-identify the truth of what you are is still there you can't deny it you may deny it but it's still there so anyway um what we do here is for me um my spirituality goes back to being a christian and i don't mean it the way people use christianity nowadays to justify hate and um bigotry and evil that sort of thing not at all none of that stuff is what jesus preached Although you can find all, all of that stuff uh, sanctioned in the Bible by people who are considered holy people, that's not what Christian Christianity is about. That's not what Jesus ever said. Um, and that's what we go for. We focus on what Jesus had to say because if you're going to call yourself a Christian and you believe that you're a believer and there's going to be a hereafter, then how are you going to get to heaven and tell God, I didn't listen to what Jesus said. I listened to what my preacher said or what my heart told me or what my mama and daddy said. And don't know anything at all about what Jesus actually had to say in his lesson. And um, I don't think that's going to be a good thing. I don't think that's going to be acceptable. In fact, if you've read along with me before, you know it's not going to be acceptable. It's uh, Anyway, so to pick up, speaking of where we are uh, reading with me before, to pick up where we left off, we're in the book of Matthew, almost done with it, and already finished the book of Mark um, since it's Monday. Um, those are the Gospels we go over today. This one's, um, this is where we left off in chapter 22. Um, and this is the one that stood out to me, I mean, this passage. Um, and it's basically Jesus talking about drawing an, uh, an, a picture for us of what it's like for God uh, and Judgment Day and that point when we're all gathered together to see that moment of truth that there is a hereafter, there is a creator, however he it God actually is no matter what we think of that moment when it comes this is what it's like for uh, in God's eyes as far as the gathering uh, so he said to him friend how'd you come in here without a wedding garment and he was speechless and then the king said to the servants bind him hand and foot take him away and cast him in the outer darkness there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth and this is the reason for many are called but few chosen so that's saying the invitation is open to many many people and if you've read along with me or want to look back at that reading you know it's basically jesus sort of drawing a picture for us of what it's like um reading if for if we read throughout the old testament into the new what it's like for god to try and try and try again to convince people to seek god and godliness and to be righteous and how time and time again he was rejected and um how even um and that's sort of the analogy jesus drew, drew there with that and we aren't going to go into that further because today's chapter is really long um so 
without further ado, let's get along, get on with it. And that's Matthew chapter 23. Let's see here. Alright. So, then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and, and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So, um, um, Jesus here is talking to a large group of people, and the scribes, that'd be like what we consider the media, the people who are writing everything down, the word scribe is basically the root of the word script, writing, all of that. So they're basically documenting Jesus' miracles, even though they still don't believe in him, that what his mission is, but they document the miracles. And the Pharisees, another group of religious people from... Uh, a religion that exists still today, the Israelites, um, they're a branch of that religion that's already ended if you search it. So, uh, just as a side note, so that people who are anti Semitic or hate Jewish people, it's ignorant to be that way. And you, it's very wrong to call yourself a Christian thinking that it's okay to hate them because you blame them for. Um, crucifying Jesus. That's ignorant also because it, that religion for one ended. If you search the word Pharisees you'll see it ended then and you'll also see that um, they didn't do it alone. It was also in coordination with the Roman government. So how can you be anti-Semitic without also being anti-Italian? And just on that note you can look at how words change. Like the n-word stays the same. People hate it even though it has variations how it's said. It's still rooted in the same evil but the word that's glorified now because of a music video and updated terms change. The word WAP, W-A-P, it now means something else completely different than what it meant even a generation ago. It was a slur, a racial slur, that an older generation probably still considers that and wouldn't understand a song with a name title like that. But it changed over years. And um, so anyway, so the Pharisees, that sect is over. And like I said, you're going to search it and see for yourself. Um, but they're at that time the ones who sit in Moses seat in the sense that Jesus is saying they're they're religious lawgivers that's who Moses was in the Old Testament therefore whatever they tell you to observe that observe and do but do not do according to their works for they say and do not do so Jesus is saying don't pay attention any attention to them because they don't practice what they preach they'll tell you all day long what you should be doing and what uh, you ought to be doing and tell you how to get in heaven and they'll ignore all that same stuff how many times have you seen these televangelists just as a one example keep getting called out again and again and again for being anti-gay uh, publicly um, when they're in the pulpits telling people there's no hope for them, making them think hell is the only direction they're going to head, whether they want to be gay and embrace it or hate it and wish they could change. But they're telling you you have no hope. And people listen to that and end up doing things like committing suicide or even worse. Well, just as bad, living a lie. So you're wasting the life that you've been giving, given. And you're also wasting someone else's time who thinks you're who you're presenting yourself to be when you're not at all. When you know deep down inside if that person knew who you really were and what you really desire, they probably wouldn't be with you. So what do you do? You lie. And that's breaking the commandments that's not doing yourself any favors either because how long do you want to live a facade do you ever want to just be who you really are and be able to go between different things and be really who you are and let people see that and fall in love with that or you just want to keep maintaining a facade 
your whole life. What a waste. That's as bad as suicide. You're wasting the life that God gave you. And you're wasting the life of the person. And generally, I know it's men. I've known thousands of men who do that exact same thing. Who live a lie and waste those precious, the precious time, years, decades of some other person's life. Who they've sworn before God to be completely honest with and love and honor and oh, cherish and forsake all others and all of that. It's the world we live in. Anyway. So, Jesus is saying that's what's wrong with them. They're telling you what to say, but they're not bothering, bothering themselves with um, doing the same thing. They're not practicing what they preach. Hypocrites. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. So, that's, like I just said, like just as an example of the condemnation of homosexuality, even though Jesus never does, and that, in fact embraces the fact that one will be taken and the other will be left when it comes to men who sleep with other men that's in luke 17 34 but you never hear it preached in churches because there's anti-gay um rhetoric that prevails just like there's anti-mask rhetoric now that prevails just like there was wdmd rhetoric that prevailed people are just ready to believe a lie and it's because it's what's in their own heart because they're not living in a truth themselves they're not presenting who they really are to people at all and um, so they get used to that and almost expect it um, so anyway Jesus is saying that's what's wrong with them they're religious and they're telling you how to live your life and what you need to be doing but they're not bothering with doing it themselves and won't even bother to lift a finger to help you get by with what you're doing so they'll tell you not to wear a mask have you gathering in a group but they won't be there. They'll be masked up or safe at home watching it on TV. And people will do it. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. So that's basically they show the world how um, devout they are by maybe dressing in some specific religious frock. Maybe something around their head. Maybe something around their collar. Maybe a vehicle that says it. But they pronounce it to everyone in the world so that that's the one thing you associate them with. So that you, they're identified as the religious authority. Um, but they're not in any help. They're not in any hurry to help you actually get there. Um, they're giving you the list of dogma that you need to abide by, but not actually following themselves. Like preachers who have side pieces and have um, threesomes, which is if that's what your marriage is and you agreed to and swore to, that's fine. That's what you swore to and agreed to and asked God to respect and bless and all that and swore to. But if you know that's not what you did actually swear to, then you know you're breaking a contract. You don't need to be told that. Uh, they love the best places at feasts, the best seats in synagogues. So he's saying they love to be exalted and lifted up and honored and all that like you do. Uh, police officers, at which... Um, they're being paid to do that. They were trained to do that. And you know it's not more training that the bad ones need um, to not kill unarmed black people because they're not doing it to white people. They de-escalate when it's a white person that's acting crazy and even armed. They don't treat white people the same way they treat black people. They just don't. And you've seen video after video after video of it, and people still deny it. And even some black people still deny it. It's amazing. A black friend of mine here just told me yesterday that he thinks that the COVID numbers are inflated. And this is a person who knows I've lost several family family members to COVID. He knows Herman Cain, who's even probably sounds like it's on his side of uh, thinking. 
caught it and died from it. Not to mention 200,000 other people, but there just seems to be something here in the water in Florida where people are backwards. And I, I, I don't understand it. I mean, I'm from here originally, but it's also why I moved. It's, it's crazy. Um, anyway, greetings in the marketplaces and to be called by men, rabbi, rabbi. So he's saying they love the fact that people recognize them as the, the religious authority and come to them for religious direction, even though they're not actually doing anything themselves to um, follow those directions. But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you're all brethren. So Jesus is saying here, very plain and simple, don't be called rabbi, which rabbi means teacher. Um, so don't be called your teacher because Jesus is supposed to be your teacher. Why would you look to anyone else in the Bible or outside of it to be your Christian teacher when all you have to look to is Christ's words themselves? They're in red ink. They're only in six books of the whole Bible and only in a few chapters of two of those. So it's a choice. Like my mom always used to say, it's a choice. You can choose what it is you want to believe. Um, but it doesn't change what the truth is. The truth is still the truth. Um, do not call anyone on earth your father, for one. So, um, just not to overread that whole thing about teachers. So, even though these religious people love to be the authority on stuff, Jesus is letting you know that's not what you're still supposed to be striving to do. That's why I would not dare say this, even what I'm doing here. Just reading it is all I'm doing is reading it and trying to help myself and whoever the one or two people who listen to this understand what Jesus has to say about it. I'm not proclaiming to be a teacher. Just reading what it says. Trying to do what he actually says you're supposed to do. Um, so anyway, so do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father. He was in heaven. So this seems a little strange, but because, you know, we all had to have someone progenate us, had to come from somewhere. So, um, but I think what he's saying, father, in the sense of how you'll say like a holy father to people in a certain religion, and you aren't saying it because you think they're the ones who raised you, but you're saying it because you're looking to them as the religious leader of your thought. You uh, may not be able to figure things out, so you look to that person as your religious thought leader. That's how I'll just leave it at that. And then I'll be called um, teachers for one is your teacher, the Christ. So he's reiterating that, that teaching is not, you're not supposed to be the one out there saying, oh, I'm teaching you how to find God. I'm teaching you how to be a Christian. Jesus did that. So you're not supposed to do that. Jesus is supposed to be the one whose message you're supposed to pick up and follow if you're going to call yourself a Christian. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. So that's something a lot of people don't want to embrace that means taking a humble path rather than trying to exalt yourself try instead of trying to say oh, i'm the teacher listen to me i'm the authority instead be willing to be the one that helps out and you know a lot of people they'll help an animal or a dead dog a stray animal a stray cat they'll bend over backwards to do that but will step over a human being who's homeless or needs help on the street when those animals if you leave them alone, if they're not your pets, I know they're called domesticated, but they're only called that because they've been housebroken. If they're left outside, I think they'll find food. They'll make it if they have to. But people, if they're left outside, they don't make it because people need help. And whoever exalts himself will be humble. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. So Jesus says, in humbling yourself, instead of trying to grab for power or clout chase, 
in taking the humble path, that's the way to actually be lifted up in God's eyes. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. So this is what it goes back to the dogma that religion, bad religion, sets up for you. It'll cherry pick what verses and uh, things look good to it and make sure that you adhere to them. Or if you don't adhere to them because you're not perfect, they have penalties set up for you. Like you have to give a little more money. You have to um, say hail Jesus a thousand times whatever the case may be there's systems set up that you'd have to go to them to find out what the reparations are for them whereas none of that is what Jesus tells you to do um, but it's the way the church system is set up and don't think that the church system is just for the people who go to church it's also for the people who are in politics who go to those churches who affect policy. That's what politics is about. It's affecting policy. So if you're a person who thinks, oh, they're both bad Dems and Republicans, I'm just not going to take part in it. You're not helping. You're not. Oh, you're part of the problem also, because not doing that is a choice also that helps keep the system alive and as bad as it is. When you could do something, you could vote. <laughs> Woe to you, or run. You could do that. Or if you have influence, like if you're, if you're the one who supplies them their goodies, or you're the one who supplies them their goodies, have some influence and get them to change. Do something. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses, and for pretense makes long, for pretense make long prayers. Excuse me. This devouring widow's houses would be like how they take the last two mites of the poor widow. They'll gladly take the widow's two mites, which Jesus said in her giving that was more than all the people who gave plenty out of the rich people giving much. The poor widow's two mites were more than all that. And you better believe they took them. Jesus is saying that's what religious people will do. They will be on TV knowing there's a... A pandemic out there they'll support someone who they who has said himself that he's lying about it and telling you lies to suppress the truth to keep you from knowing it to keep you from panicking whatever the case may be but they'll align themselves with that with a lie and tell you that and get you to keep doing that meanwhile there's somewhere safe in a mansion and get you to cheer it on and keep it alive and it's it's madness it's and then wonder why things don't change and just blame and usually just blame Obama. I blame anyone else is the pattern. And it's so crazy that it just continues in this country. It's it's sick. It's psychotic. It's as if even his base, this I'm talking about the president now, doesn't even listen to what he says. If they're really listening to what he says, they know just a few years ago when he was running, he said the exact same thing about fraud and voter fraud and how it was going to be a rigged election and how he blamed it on the electoral college then and said it should be gone he won from that same crooked system because it is rigged just like he said it's not the it's not a majority rules it's the electoral electoral it's not majority rules it's the electoral college rules that's who chooses and so since they gave him the victory he shut up about it all together but now his people too stupid to even remember that and i'm sorry to say stupid but that's what 
the proverb says, he who, reproves, he who refuses reproof is stupid. That's the proverb. So if you're going to re refuse to see what your own eyes and ears are seeing and hearing, and him say that, and then not do anything, and then suddenly four years later, three, four years later, start saying the exact same record about how there's going to be huge fraud, but he hasn't done anything about it, and you don't think to question that, then you're stupid. I'm sorry. It's just stupid. You may not be stupid, but that's a stupid decision to do. That's a very stupid thing to do, and especially if you fall for it again, when instead of saying, well, why don't you do something about it? Well, you've had four years. Why don't you do something about it? Why don't you create a UPC code for everyone and every citizen who's eligible to vote and just send that around, have us send that back, and let it scan like a grocery store, and then you can count it, and we can watch a running tally of who's winning rather than all this other stuff you could suggest something you could do something he doesn't do anything of that and his dumb base just believes it and it's sad because here it's it's crazy it's years later he's saying the exact same thing only this time he's blaming it on people mailing in ballots which has been happening since the civil war which they ignore it it's madness it's madness even though he uses the exact same thing Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, oh, I think I missed one. Sorry. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses. Okay, we read that one. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel. Wait, I missed something there. That you're going to receive greater condemnation. The fact that you are a hypocrite and know that you're doing, uh, saying one thing and doing another. He's saying that's gonna you're gonna receive greater condemnation for that. So it's that's to say, to some people believe if you break one commandment, you've broken them all. Jesus never said that. In fact, he's making it very clear here that there are tears to the sin, and one sin does not equal every sin. Even though people will preach something else different, and people will believe it, you have it, you have it right there from his own mouth. Um, so now, what do you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites? For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, and I know I read this already, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. So Jesus is saying here, a proselyte would be just basically a, a convert, a new follower. It's like you, if you were to go join a convent or a, a monastery or something like that. Or whatever religion it is you, you join, that's what a proselyte is, someone new to it, basically. And he's saying, and they'll go, they'll travel land and sea, now even be air, to go get people to join their religion. They'll go to the ends of the earth to get people to follow that religion, but they're not getting people to follow their religion to get to God. Instead, what does he say? Makes them twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. And the thing I know, so that's not a good thing. That's not good. And what he's saying here that don't overlook is here Jesus is saying a place called hell. And this is not the same place that he, I mean, it's not the same name. And it could be that he's, you know, just like how you could say Winn-Dixie or to the grocery store. This the same thing. One just has a proper name. So it could be that could be the case. But here, Jesus is saying hell is the place where um, the bad go, basically. But if, in, if you read in Luke 16, you know that the place where someone dies where two people died and one went one place and one went to another place the one that went to the other place that south that was hellish what jesus calls it hades there and that's a whole different discussion we had that before when i've read it but that's a proper noun that's not lowercase like this and it's identified with 
believe it or not, a whole other religion, mythology, uh, and it actually translates to the word Pluto, like the planet, um, in Roman, or Greek, I think it's Greek, um, so just as a side note, woe to you blind guides who say whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he's obliged to perform it, so Jesus is saying there, woe to them, being hypocrites but also for being blind because he's saying you're leading people around but you can't even see yourselves and he's saying um and you're doing it all because you want the gold because you want the money and you're telling people it's okay if you uh, make oaths and swear and um by the temple because the temple now is gone like i said the temple that religion um ended that branch of the religion ended in around 70 a.d um, so don't link it with the other branches of the religion, religion that may survive now. Just um, keep that in your mind. Um, but he's saying um, the problem with it is they're more, fo more focused on getting the gold, not on the uh, holiness of the place or the sanctity of the place, I should say. Or, um, or the fact that you made an oath and that you... That's voluntary. No one forces you to do that. No one roped you into that contract. So um, why would you focus on that rather than focusing on the the spiritual element of it, the reality of it all, rather than the material? Fool, fools and blind. So that's one of the few places you see Jesus he calls someone a fool. And just so you know, calling someone a fool, Jesus actually um, condemns. So that lets us know it's not for us to do that. But He's coming from a different place. He knows our hearts. He knows what's really in there and what we're all about. Um, so anyway, fools and blind. So not just foolish, but also blind. For which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? So what's more important to you or what's greater truly? The money or uh, the place where people... <laughs> sanctifies just means to make it holy or to set it aside as holy. So what's more important to them? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he's obliged to perform it. So they're saying, so if you want to just use your words and break your word, that's fine. But just make sure you go ahead and um, make sure you make that offering. Because the offering is not for you. That'd be like if, say, if I did something or broke their religious rules, I'd have to offer a cow or two cows or four chickens or whatever the case may be. That's what they want. Or 10 shekels or whatever, however much money it may be. I have a friend who's a member of another religion. And he told me when we met, he was married and we whatever. Um, now he's divorced. I remember the day his wife called me. But he's divorced now. And that was years ago. And he's telling me now that um, in their religion, you can remarry. It's forbidden. It's adulterous or whatever. But you can remarry if they're... It's a priest, I believe, is what they call him in his religion. But he says if you pay... The priest, basically, they'll give you an annulment or something like that, which basically would allow you to marry again, which, which is news to me because I didn't know that's how it works. But that lets you know this is not what Jesus says. It's not about that money. It's supposed to be about something else completely altogether. And whoever swears by the altar is nothing. An altar would be basically where you make the offering. So it'd be, okay, well, it doesn't matter that you broke your word. Make sure you bring us that cow. Make sure you bring us those four chickens. We want those 10 shekels. Whatever it is you were supposed to bring, go ahead and keep your broken word all day. You don't have to worry about the broken contract. 
Just make sure you bring us that money. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? So he's saying, which is greater? Which is more important? Which means more do you think to God? The fact um, that you're um, the cow, the four chickens, you think that's more important to God, the money? Or do you think the fact that there's a contract, there was something that you offended in, or there's something you're thankful for? Whatever the case may be of why you're making an offering, which one do you think is more important to God? The fact that you're thankful because you were healed of something or delivered from some fate or um, committed some sin or in the eyes of their religion. Do you think that's more important to God or do you think it's more important that you make sure you get him those chickens? Think about it. Would God really be focused on that? I know that the Bible says it right there and some people will try and justify it but it says in different places in the Old Testament this many birds, this many chickens, this or goats or cows, all sorts of different things. Do you really think that that's what God gave those animals life for is for us to slaughter them to make up for the evil things we say and do and think and then changed his mind and said oh no I don't want you to do it anymore Maybe, but I don't know. It doesn't seem realistic to me. And it doesn't make sense that you can believe all that from the Old Testament and then also tell yourself God's unchanging hand and sing that song and really believe that God doesn't change. If God doesn't change, then why aren't you still offering those pigeons? Why aren't you still offering those goats? Why aren't you still offering those cows? Oh, because it changed right there. He who's, um, so, and he who swears by the temple swears by it, by him. Oh, well, did I miss that one? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by all and by all things on it. So he's saying when you make an oath, when you swear something, when you enter that contract, you're not just swearing by it. You're swearing by it and by everything on it. So not just the cow. It's not just about the chicken. It's about your whole belief system. You're really swearing. You're, that's what you're putting on the line because that's what God's really saying. He who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. So when you enter those contracts, you're not only swearing by the chicken and the cow, you're also swearing by God who's witnessing it. And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. Again, God's seeing it all. Uh, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. So again, Jesus is condemning the hypocrisy. It's just plain wrong. Practice what you preach. Be real or keep your mouth shut. And it's terrible how people are like that, but... I don't know. It's terrible. I had to tell that to another friend of mine. It was like, he was, I'm not even going to get into that. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. And that's where so many churches are right now. They'll make sure to tell you, just keep sending your tithes in, keep sending in your offerings. Um, and don't give a hoot about the rest of it. But Jesus says the primary thing to focus on is justice, social justice. Is it right to kill unarmed black people and then let crazy white people with guns go free? Give them water, offer them a meal after they just killed people and then still tell people the whole system is fair? Is that really justice? No, it's not. And mercy? Mercy would be not stepping over that homeless person who needs some help and faith That'd be believing in things that you can't see. Not being a Thomas where 
I'm only going to believe it if I see it. So that's where the faith comes in. Jesus is saying, focus on the justice, focus on the mercy, focus on the faith. And then fo when you're focusing on those things, while you're focusing those, on those things, don't neglect to also do the paying your tithes of mint and anise and cumin, those things that didn't that you were doing before. Also do those things. Don't just do those things and ignore the justice, the mercy, and the faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. That's what that means. That means you ought to be doing both. But the one that should be primary, the three, are, law, are uh, justice and mercy and faith, which churches just don't teach. They don't preach and they don't practice it. And this coronavirus reveals it. How many churches do you see? Uh, giving out meals, for instance, or offering, because they have millions, some of these televangelists, they could every week offer to pay the rent, the mortgage, the HOA fee for uh, 10 different members each week who needs it, who need it. Do they do that? No, they don't. They tell you to make sure you keep showing up and keep giving your money. So it lets you know where the heart is. And it lets you know where the people are who keep attending it and keeping it alive. Just like the voting system who keep it alive. They keep on being stupid. And it's, I don't know how else to say it. Blind guides who strain out a net and swallow a camel. He says, so while you're straining out the homosexuals to keep them out of your church and keep people thinking you're going to go to hell if you're gay or if you just have sex with men, you're going to go to hell while you're straining out that gnat, that tiny little thing to focus on that. You're letting a president in office or were you strain, straining out a gnat. <laughs> while you're focusing on the tiny things, you're letting huge things go by like a fool or like you're blind and that's what jesus is saying here he calls them blind guides you're and the guides part don't don't overlook that he's saying you're also leading people with that foolishness with that blindness and it's sad that so many people are blindly following it but it's what's up woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites so again jesus is calling them hypocrites and it's with an exclamation point so you know he's not having a calm conversation he's going off for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of extortion and self-indulgence. So Jesus is saying you paint a pretty picture for the outside. You make sure the church is clean, the steeple is nice, and you make sure there's plenty of property so millions of people can come and fit in there and make sure that they can keep giving you their money. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's saying it's all, it's it's like, it'd be like you doing your dishes and you clean, you get a cup and you wash the outside, but then you don't clean the inside. That's no good. Your church looks beautiful on the outside, but on the inside it's filth. And he's saying, and then he's not talking about dust. He's talking about evil and, and self-indulgence. And he says extortion, that's the part about making the people believe. If you show up to church to this Sunday, this Saturday, this Wednesday, and I'm saying church, but it's whatever holy place you consider holy. If they let you know you can show up but make sure you're ready for the basket that's going to come around three four ten times make sure you're ready for that um that's extortion because that's almost like an entry uh, uh, uh what's it called when you get into a bar i forget cover charge that's extortion you're letting people know don't show up if you don't have the money and he's saying that's not what it's about that's filth blind pharisees first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean so just like if you're washing dishes, the you I would think you'd focus on making sure the inside is clean because that's the part where um, 
the drink that you're going to drink is going to go. The food that you're going to eat is going to go. Make sure the inside is clean. Make sure your inside is right. Don't just look holy on the outside. Make sure your actions, your heart, your thoughts, your words show holiness also. And not holiness, self-righteous holiness. Holiness where I know God's looking. I know God's listening holiness. And I don't want to upset him. That kind of holiness. Maybe not upset him. Make him happy. Reach a little higher. Please him even. Um... Anyway, Jesus is saying, focus on making sure what's inside is right. Don't worry about the outside. Because if you get what's the inside of the cup clean, in the meantime while you're washing it, the outside is going to get clean too. But it seems basic, but it's not where people are at. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful. And when he says whitewash, that's basically like if you ever been to a graveyard, um, the old t- uh, tombs. If you think about like on TV, the tombstones, how the, the old school ones like are white and rounded. That's basically it. It's like putting chalk on it to make it stay white all the time, basically. Um, or paint. It's white, like a white picket fence white. He's saying, but it's all just a veneer. It's a facade. It's not real. You're just... Um, making the outside look good but what's inside he says uh what do you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you like whitewashed tombs which indeed appear beautiful outwardly but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness so even though it's whitewashed and pretty on the outside even though the church looks nice and holy what's inside are a bunch of dead people a bunch of dead souls feeding on death they're not actually getting any truth at all and he's saying that's what he's comparing the church to there and i'm saying church but again it's whatever place of worship or holy place you're thinking of in this case in this instance i think it's a temple or a synagogue it says but it applies to today even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness and he's saying that's the same way it is um people think you're holy they think you're righteous because you put up this veneer and people think you're one way but in reality you're not like that at all and um and people are relying on that in some cases but it's not real at all it's fake it's phony and god knows it woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous so he's saying it's more of the hypocrisy is that you have the nerve to be the one to um create uh monuments that be like a statue for the righteous that be like the old testament prophets or in modern times it'd be like them killing martin luther king then building him a statue on the mall it's it's insane but it's nothing new it's the same thing and say if we lived in the days of our fathers we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of our other prophets that'd be like people nowadays saying oh if we lived back during the civil rights movement it wouldn't have been as violent and bloody we would have gone we would have made the transition transition smooth and given black people their rights you know that's not the case because it's not happening now black people are, are right now being suppressed from voting in states right now in the united states like Georgia where coronavirus ran wild where the governor there let the people just die it's happening right now it was happening then too it's nothing new Jesus is saying because that's how people operate particularly people in power 
And in this case, he's talking about religious people. They'll paint the holy picture for you on the outside to make you think that's what you should be following, what you should go to. But once you scratch the surface of that whitewashed veneer, you see underneath it's nothing but death. It's nothing but, it's no life to it. Uh, and say, if we lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been take partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. So they're talking, Jesus is saying here about how the Old Testament prophets were killed, some of them stoned and harassed and all those sorts of things. And how they'll, how they say, oh, if we lived in those times, we wouldn't have chased them off like that. We would have believed them. But he's saying here, therefore, your witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. So he's saying, so in that, you're witnessing it yourself, witnessing against yourself. It's just like how the pre president has witnessed, president has witnessed against himself again and again and again. But it's not enough to get him even convicted or even brought up on charges. Other people get gunned down in the street under, not even in the street. Brianna Taylor was killed in her own house under suspicion and then no one's even it's it's an outrageous outrageous system and then people will still deny that racism even exists it's sad it's sad i have no room for people like that anymore in my life it's 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 too much fill up then the measure of your father's guilt so jesus is saying um in the fact that you're witnessing it you're witnessing all the evil and you know what's going on because they they've witnessed they know they study and practice uh, reading that the prophets came along, the prophets brought them a message, the prophets were tormented, and the prophets were killed. One prophet at least escaped Elijah and the whole UFO flying fiery chariot narrative in the Old Testament. But generally, lots of the prophets were treated badly. That's what they got uh, in exchange for their prophecy, for their message. And um, Jesus is saying here, your folks did that to them, and y'all are now, this generation is doing it to him. Uh, serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? So Jesus again is bringing up hell here and he's calling them serpents and he's saying a brood of them. So in the sense of some people will try and turn this into a whole serpent seed nonsensical lecture. It's not. That's not what Jesus is talking about. It'd be just like you calling somebody a snake in the grass now in the fact that they're not to be trusted same thing here he's saying with them and they're a brood of them so he's saying there's a whole bunch of them and he's saying how can they escape being condemned to hell and um that lets you know the place of condemnation is hell whether it's called hades proper noun or hell here that's what he's saying they have to look forward to for the hypocrisy Therefore, indeed, and for guiding people uh, into the hell, into the hypocrisy, rather than uh, lifting a finger to show them the light. Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. So Jesus is saying here that um, I won't... I, I'd say holy people, but I don't mean it in the sense of that. I'm saying like preachers, teachers, not preacher, teacher. People who are trying to uh, guide people to Jesus. I don't know how else you would say it, um, but religious faithful, I guess is how you might say it. So he's saying religious faith, religiously, and I don't want to say religious because religion is not uh, necessarily a good thing. 
uh, I'll just say God's faithful there. Okay, God's faithful, he's saying, have been sent again and again and again. And um, how they've been treated, he's saying they're being persecuted from city to city and scourged. That means beaten, whipped um, in synagogues. And he's saying synagogues because that's the religion he's addressing there, but it hasn't changed. Again, Martin Luther King wasn't just a doctor, he was also a reverend. So he had a place in the pulpit and you see what happened to him. He was murdered and then a monument built to him. That is on you. That on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth. Let's see. From the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. This is an important um, or an interesting verse here because there are other preachers who um, will tell you that uh, a whole thing about the, the pre churches in general teach you things that aren't true or at least they aren't biblical or, or at the very least they're not something Jesus said for instance three words we've noticed uh, if you've read along with me before that aren't even in aren't even Christian teachings aren't even things Christ said yet entire churches will build their whole um, dogmatic system on them one the rapture jesus never even said the word it's not even in red letters i haven't even seen it in the bible but other preachers will um do other things like the word um um kenite they'll hang on that as in sons of cain which they're descendants basically of cain as in cain and abel and they'll tie that to the whole serpents serpent sea brood of vipers whole teaching there in fact i knew um one i knew one um televangelist one of my old bottom buddy friends who actually is one that preaches all sorts of anti preached he's gone now god rest his soul but he preached that same anti-gay nonsense and even though he was like i just said he was a bottom buddy for me but um and now his own son is preaching the same nonsense and they get plenty of people doing following it even though time and time again you see the sheets get pulled back on people like that and uh but they'll still keep doing it but jesus is saying here abel and that's what what made me think of it abel you see jesus here has no problem mentioning abel so if he could say abel he could just as easily say cain yet the word cain or kenite is never mentioned by jesus at all in matthew mark luke john the acts or the revelation so why would people keep building on that that's not what jesus said it's not who he was talking about that's not what he's referring to so that's the rapture not in the bible kenite not not any words of jesus never even mentioned Oh, there was another one. I can't think of it. But there's example after example of exa after example of people pinning dogma and their own religion onto Jesus, and Jesus didn't say any of that. So it's like if you want to be a Christian, if you really want to be devout, stop hanging that stuff on Jesus when it's not his teaching. Um, so anyway, and this is Zechariah, son of Berechiah. If you can read about um, him, I think it's like in Zechariah would be the Old Testament prophet and Jesus is talking about them um, and one of the last ones before the Old Testament ends in the Bible and uh, apparently he was killed murdered it says there and I think he actually is um, a relative of if you look in the lineages in the gospel he's either in John the Baptist family line or Jesus's 
Yeah, I think it is Jesus's, but um, I guess either one will be the same since they're cousins, according to those lineages. Anyway, back on track. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. So Jesus is saying, um, all those things, all the um, the the reparations for all the evil, for killing the prophets, for taking Jesus's life, for rejecting it all, but then but then on top of it all blindly leading other people down that same path rather than lifting a finger to help somebody see the truth and get to the light and he's saying all of it's going to come on this generation as in the generation of uh, there that jesus is addressing but i believe also he's saying this generation of humanity it's um like even since then it's gonna come on us let's see and that's because we reap what we sow Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. So um, Jesus is using here an illustration so that we can understand what it's like, the frustration. It would be like I, if you've ever seen a duck, like I've got some in the parking lot, um, they have little uh, ducklings all the time but when they do the ducklings follow right behind them wherever they're going you'll even see them tucked away in bushes sitting on the eggs and waiting to hatch them and all that stuff and they hover right around there and she keeps them that way the dad i don't know sometimes he's there sometimes he's not but anyway she's there managing them keeping them close by and that's like for their safety and it's for her peace of mind but jesus is saying they're unwilling to do either one. They're unwilling to be gathered or protected or saved. Um, they're just unwilling to. And he's saying that unwillingness is going to lead to them being wiped out. See, your house is left to you desolate. And that's like a prophecy. Let him know that 70 whole, whole 70 AD thing uh, that we've talked about before. It's coming and it's going to be because you didn't know the time when Jesus, the time of your visitation, as Jesus, as Jesus puts it that way. Uh, or as Jesus puts it, um, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Jesus is saying, you're going to deny it and deny it and deny it. And you're going to, um, going to believe whatever you want to believe, which people do. You're going to, um, walk in that darkness and be blind and, um, guiding other people in that darkness and blindness. And he's saying, you're not going to believe it until that time comes when you say, good God, here he comes again. When the second coming, basically, um, let's see. Oh, that's actually the end of this reading. I hope it was a blessing for you. I appreciate you checking it out with me and um, hope you'll join me again. I know that was a long one. So anyway, it's Monday. So it's our Matthew Monday and Wednesday. We have our um, John Luke readings there if you want to join me there. And uh, Saturday night, just after midnight, early Sunday morning, we have our, we're going to pick up where we left off in the Gospel of Nicodemus, the Acts of Pilate, God willing. In the meantime, Wash your hands, wear your mask, love your neighbor, and thanks again. God bless you. Peace.